This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. It's that time. It's Sunday night and time for the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mader, joined here by my partner in crime, Mr. Chase Thornton. Talk a little recap of today's action week five, baby. Still got the Monday night game tomorrow, of course. And the Sunday night game going on right now. George Kittle, by the way, three touchdowns. Count them at the moment. If you see me rushing through the shows, because I, I just I want to catch the ad when the 49ers go to celebrate. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good here. All right. So, yeah, we have a lot of action to talk about. This was the first heavy bye week that we had. So already you're going to have a variance in some of the rankings of what guys you were leading on. And, you know, we had some expectations met, some overblown, as we always do every single week, some guys disappointing, and it's all part of our heroes and zeros and our observational notes. So let's just go ahead and dive right into our first string of action with the Thursday night game with the Chicago Bears and the Washington Command. Heroes and zeros. So let me get this all started off here with our with our zero. Get our music going here. Okay, well, my zero had to be Brian Robinson. Six carries, ten yards, four targets, four catches, thirty-three yards. I had this guy to play a prop of locking him in at over sixty yards rushing. Did not expect Washington to get blown out. Did not expect Washington to abandon the run the way they did against Chicago Bears. So yes, that. Had to be my zero for me. Chase, what was yours? Yeah, they completely went away from the run in that game. I mean, that whole entire game. My, honestly, you could choose the Commanders DST because they were a big pickup on on yeah. waivers this week too. Everybody expecting them to really take it to them. Uh, yeah, you know, honestly, I missed on him big time too. I, I had him ranked at number seven. And, he, you know, I mean, he still ended up basically a flex play at, at running back 25 for the day. I mean, you weren't happy about it. But like you said, when we're in these bye weeks, we've got fewer guys to choose from and things are kind of up in the air and with injuries and everything else at the running back position, he ended up still honestly flexible for the day, but not when I had him as a top 10 play and thought for sure that Washington would be playing from ahead in this one and pounding the living hell out of him with him. Yep, not what I expected at all. But there were some heroes for me in this game, too. Uh, DJ Moore. I was nine spots ahead of ECR on DJ Moore. Did not expect 230 yards and three touchdowns (laughs) over eight receptions, 10 targets. But I was more bullish on him than most. He is the featured weapon of the Chicago Bears, regardless of what you think of Justin Fields or this Bears offense in general. DJ Moore is here to get the ball. And, uh, yeah, looking pretty good doing it there. Yeah, here? no, they they were they were electric. They were fun to watch. You know, it's it's really evident that Fields and Moore have that connection that we all kind of thought they were developing during the preseason. But speaking of guys that have a connection with Justin Fields, Cole Komet had a good had a nice week for the second week in a row. I had him as a low end starting tight end. He ended up tight end nine so far uh, this week. Fifteen point two fantasy points. Uh, found himself in the end zone again. Uh, the two of them really seem to be finding that chemistry with Justin Fields in the past game. He is still missing some wide open shots. He's, he doesn't seem to have a good read with, with Darnell Mooney and how Darnell Mooney runs his routes. He missed him on a wide open, uh, you know, on a wide open play that could have been a big gainer for them. But uh, yeah, I, you know, Hey, this was the Justin Fields. We were hoping we would be seeing this season. 
and it trickled down to the rest of the offense. And we were seeing what we wanted to see out of these, out of these big weapons they have. Uh, DJ Moore is going to have to be locked into lineups here going forward. I don't yep. think he's a matchup based play. I think he's lock him in because he's always going to be capable of this with Justin Fields because they, they have that chemistry. Yeah. What one, 100% Justin Fields also a hero too. Uh, going in top 10, two weeks in a row. But we'll turn it down here talk about our observational notes a little bit. So that that's kind of part of my nose. Two games in a row now, the Bears went off. It wasn't just the Denver Broncos. It was against a defense of the Commanders, which maybe isn't as good as we all thought, but at the same time, is definitely better than the Broncos and definitely more of a barometer to make you feel more confident that this is the type of Bears you know, fantasy relevant performances you're going to look for out of a Justin Fields and a DJ Moore. It's not always going to be this good, but I think you can feel hopeful now that things get back on track and they start giving you the ADP value of which you drafted them at to this point. So that that's the big key for me. My other one was look out for the backfield of the Chicago Bears, the high yes. ankle sprain for Cleo Herbert and the concussion for Roshan Johnson. Now we have to wait and see with Roshan. You know, he does get to 10 days, so he's got maybe a better chance right now. We've only seen one player and that was actually your boy Luke Musgrave and the Green Bay Packers be able to come back the week after picking up a concussion injury so far in the NFL yep. but with the extra time off maybe he does if he does I would expect Roshan Johnson to be a starting running back if he can't this could be not the form in time so that's something to keep your eye out on your waiver wire those are my two notes what are yours yeah no Deontay Foreman too keep in mind I mean he hasn't been active a lot for the Bears this season and, he, and he's buried on that depth chart but he's buried behind two pretty electric players right now when he did have to play last season last two three years when Deontay Foreman has been pressed into service as a starter he's been a pretty good running back on not necessarily some really very good teams not behind some great offensive lines so you know he wouldn't be the he might not be the worst streaming play he I wouldn't be excited about it I'm much more hoping that Rashawn Johnson like you said after 10 days can buck that concussion trend uh, you know, Musgrave's playing on Monday night too this week as well. I mean, he, you know, it's always nice to give these guys that extra time in between the, you know, for these bumps and bruises, but especially something like a concussion when the league is coming down so hard. Uh, you really got to hope it's Johnson because he does look good when he's got the ball in his hands. Uh, but Deontay Foreman could be a sneaky streamer or a really cheap DFS play if it, if it comes down to that. So it's a, it's definitely a situation to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I've been big on Roshan Johnson this, this whole process. And, and not only has he been efficient with the ball in his hands, rushing the ball, uh, but we know he's definitely the best pass catcher for the yes. Chicago, too. So I'm hoping we get to see him, but not like he best said. Best pass blocker, so he's finding himself on yeah. the field. Hey, well, that that's that's the whole part of it, man. Uh, and uh, yeah, and hopefully, if he can't go, though, Dante Foreman definitely will be a streamer. So somebody to look out for when we drop our waiver wire rankings later in the week on our social media accounts at Show on X and at Show everywhere else. And we'll be on YouTube and, and Instagram and TikTok and all that good stuff. So look for us there. All right, so let's head to our London game. Heroes and zeros. All right, the Jacksonville Jaguars took advantage of the fact that they didn't have to be a little jet lagged at all heading into this one. But my zero for this game had to be James Cook. Five carries, negative four yards, four targets, three catches, 25 yards. So if you're in full point PPR leagues, it wasn't a total dud. 
but it did not look pretty. It was bad. The running game never got going. He still continues not to get his opportunities in the red zone, losing them out to Damian Harris, losing out down in distance to Latavius Murray. Nothing's really changed with his usage, and now we see what happens when they can't get the running game going on top of it. He doesn't have a big touchdown floor, anything to fall back on. James Cook's still an RB2 moving forward. Don't get me twisted. But this is why I've been teetering on him and why I've been telling you guys to sell high because I don't like what his floor is if things don't go his way. So that was my zero for this game. What was yours? Uh, the zero on this uh, part of the equation is definitely on my half of things and not on the players half of things, but Gabe Davis, I had outside the top 30. I had at number 31 comes in at wide receiver seven for the day, had 22 fantasy points. Nice day. The kind of day you like to see out of Gabe Davis, you know, that he's going to be pretty mercurial the way that they throw him, that he's a, a deep ball pass catcher. But uh, yeah, I, I whiffed on that completely. He had a great day. So, uh, you know, Hey, hats off to you, Gabe. Oh, he's on fire. Four touchdowns in a row right now. Uh, And they get the Giants next week. Let's talk about our heroes for the week. Travis Etienne. He's kind of been a little bit of a ho-hum thing. Like, I think I've ranked him inside my top six or five the last, like, four weeks in a row. And it's just kind of like an automatic thing. But we're not giving him a ton of credit for it. This is the first game where he really went off in that position. 26 carries, 136 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, and looked just absolutely fantastic. Uh, there is something about this Bills defense we'll talk about in our notes part, but uh, love love Travis Etienne there. And then the other one is just shout-out to the Bills passing game because whether you had Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, you're all you're all fantastic. I don't know. Do you have any other heroes besides that? No, Allen was my pick. Not only was the most popular man in the entire stadium over there in London, it, uh, literally like everybody in the stadium had his jersey on. Uh, 27.76 points. He ends up uh, so far quarterback two on the day. I had him ranked at quarterback three on the day. I mean, it's just even in a losing effort, you know, Josh or Josh Allen, or even in the, in that kind of an effort, he comes through. So you can't you can't go wrong with with their pass game right now. It was, you know, that's actually kind of interesting because Jacksonville's been playing over London for like how they're, long? Now? They're the default home team in in essence. But like everybody was rooting for the Bills. And I, this I mean, was, it felt like it. I th- I don't know how they do it over there. I'd like to see a game over there. Or be I'm like be on in, yeah. at a game over there because this was technically a Bills home game. So they had Thurman Thomas on the field before the game, pumping the crowd up, and they they have signs all over the place and everything for the Bills. And I think that like, oh hey, it's a Bills home game. Everybody cheer for the team in blue, red, white, and blue. You know, no coincidence that it's their flag colors. But you know, <laughs> yeah, the Jaguars won there last week, stayed all week. They play there once or twice every single year. You would have thought they'd have had a little bit more support than what it did. Even yeah. uh, even Peterson in the in the post game uh, press conference made a comment about how the Bills Mafia had really brought it over to London that day. It's just so. it just it felt it felt a little strange. That's all, especially how often Jaguars play over there. But and nonetheless, here when we go to the observational notes, uh, the first one I have is Zay Jones hurt his knee again. So make sure you guys are aware of that moving forward. As long as he's out, it continues to be a two man show with Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. It helps. It's more beneficial to Kirk than it is necessarily to Calvin Ridley. The Zay Jones be out because then all of a sudden on two receiver sets, Kirk is still out there where they like to play Zay Jones because of his blocking ability. So something to keep your eyes on there to see how severe that line ends up being the other one is that the bills defense is injury plague now 
Milano getting carted off. Uh, they lost. They lost some more guys in the secondary again this week, and he kind of saw it with Travis Etienne just kind of taking it to him. This Bills defense is not really a defense you're supposed to be able to run on that effectively. Uh, and you kind of when Milano goes out though, and we've seen that in years past. When Milano goes out, this rush defense goes out the window. Uh, so that kind of followed suit there. So between their offense and this Bills defense, just now with Travis White and Milano likely gone for the rest of the year. This is actually a defense you might want to start attacking for fantasy purposes because you're going to be in shootout game scripts because of their offense and their defense can't really stop the run set up play action all that stuff so that's something i want to take with me moving forward what was your notes on this game there were there were about 1800 penalties in this game they were throwing the flag literally every other gall darn play so i i mean i don't i didn't look to see necessarily yet right yet where who the uh who the crew was but for uh, you know, for those of you on the betting side of things and who take some of those kinds of things into account, uh, you might want to follow and make sure you know, make sure you know who that referee crew is because this crew was pat was flag happy today and it was for everything. They 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 couldn't play three plays in a row without a flag thrown off field. It was, no, it was pretty brutal from that standpoint. I mean, that doesn't one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just, Honestly, gosh, I, I just, I kept I said it all. I said it this morning too. Be, yeah. Between the injuries and then the fact that the penalties were just absolutely killing everybody. It was like, you couldn't get the game. You couldn't get a game flow going. No, it was pretty brutal from that standpoint. No, no doubt about it. All right. So let's head to our Houston and Atlanta matchup here. Heroes and zeros. Start off, of course, always with the zeros first. We always got to get the wrong calls first. Um, in this case, my first zero is the Atlanta run blocking offensive line because they're supposed to be pretty good this year. Okay, yeah. they are. They're supposed to be yeah. pretty good, and they haven't really been all that great. And I know everybody, their mom knows Atlanta wants to run the ball first. I get that part of it, but for Bijan to be three point three yards per carry and Tyler Algier to be two point four yards per carry, two guys we know are pretty good running the ball. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with your offensive line. This was against Houston. This was against San Fran. This was against Dallas. This was against Philadelphia. This was against Houston Texans, who are known for giving up big plays in the running game. And Atlanta could never get it going on the ground. This is absolutely pathetic. And this has kind of been the trend over the past few weeks where, yeah, they're going to run the ball a ton, but it hasn't been all that efficient outside of a couple of games from Bijan so far. Like, I just don't like what I'm seeing out there. Um, the other zero is Damian Pierce. I was never a big Damian Pierce guy, but even I had to rank him inside my top 24 this week and 66 yards, one target, one catch, 16 yards. It's been, I know he has his own offensive line issues, but it's actually it was healthier this week than it has been most of the year. And he just doesn't look good. He just looks like a dude. He just, just thuds his way through. That's it. That's all he does. He looks like a dude, but at the same time, he finished He finished inside the top 24 so well, far in points. So, I mean, how bad the running backs were this week, but yeah. It sure. is, but yeah, at the same time, I mean, yeah, hey. The uh, the rising tide floats all boats, and the, uh, when it dries up, they all hit bottom. So, I mean, it's just it's been so brutal for him. It's been hard all, to watch. All, it's been hard to watch. And that's this is kind of that's just kind of been the key there. But all right, so let's at least he got here. some points. Devin Singletary didn't even get on the stat sheet today. So. Well, that you know what that was interesting. That that yeah. that was interesting because he is somebody who actually been playing a little bit more recently, yeah. and uh, they didn't get him on the field at all today, especially since Damon Pierce was not being very efficient. So that that was curious to me. Uh, we'll see if that changes in the future. 
Let's go to our heroes. Um, I'm pretty rough on this guy all the time, so I figured I'm going to give him a shout-out for finally looking like a competent NFL quarterback for one day in his career. So, Desmond Ritter, um, I was wrong about you. I could have put you in my zeros, but I want to give you the hero music behind us. 329 yards, a touchdown, a rushing touchdown on top of it. It doesn't mean I'm going to rank you any higher than the 27th quarterback that I've been ranking you at pretty much every single week. Uh, but I do have to give you a shout-out because I'm always, I'm always pretty tough on this guy. And he actually threw the ball down the field for once in his life. Who, what zero did you have here? Yeah, well, well, for uh, for a zero or a hero? I'm going to look at the Atlanta to be honest with you. Um, I was a little – for John U. Smith there at 10.7 fantasy points. He comes in at you – know, at, at, Tight end twelve on the day. We've said I we, I we said uh, Johnu Smith, the traditional tight end, seems to be the one that they want to look to in this offense. And today wasn't any different. It's just that it actually was able to get downfield and get open for some big plays. And Ritter was hitting him for them. So Kyle Pitts finishes at tight end eight today. I, I whiffed on that. I had him down at twenty. I think we've both been pretty pessimistic on him just because of how this past game had performed. And today up to par up to what you would like to see and what i assume arthur smith would like to see um if it could look more like this going forward and get drake london in the end zone once in a while and kyle pitts in the end zone once in a while then we could be talking about something here but yeah i want to look at the uh the atlanta tight end situation there yeah i mean we, we talked uh, i chase you weren't here this past Monday, but i talked about it on wednesday how i had janu smith ranked ahead of kyle pitts actually and they don't want to working out this week but uh the janu smith needed to be somebody who is on your you know, streaming list for tight ends and, and still continues to be so hasn't had less than six targets since week two. Um, and I picked I, him up in a couple of leagues where I had David and Joku on by this week. I knew I needed a streamer. I picked him up in a couple of different leagues and I'm happy I did. I mean, it worked out great. So yeah, uh, no, 100%. And you know, that's one of the notes that I have here is that, you know, while Pitts had his best stat line of the year and he did, he was still second in snaps to Janu Smith. He was still tied with Janu Smith and route to run. So I don't think Smith's going anywhere. I think no. you can actually continue to play him as in that low end tight end one, high end tight end two territory. Like I think that's going to be a legitimate thing here moving forward right now. And that's Desmond Ritter's looking to him. They're playing more two tight end sets. They're kind of locking into that. And this is kind of the offense right now. So yeah, so that's, that, that's number one. The second thing was keep in mind, Tank Dell picked up a concussion today. So we'll have to keep that our eyes on that throughout the week as well. It looked like he was off to a pretty good game. He had three catches, 57 yards before the half and looked like he was going to be off to a nice little, little start himself, unfortunately. What notes did you have in this week? Uh, I'm a little tight end happy maybe in this game, but this was the, finally the game that we thought we would see out of Dalton Schultz every single week at tight end playing for Houston. Uh, you know, 11 targets today and 19 and a half fantasy points. He finally came to, you know, finally showed up on the stat sheet. Stroud was actually looking for him and going for him. And remember I had said, I had said uh, last week with the Detroit Atlanta game that I thought Atlanta could be had over the middle. And so I thought that Detroit's, you know, I thought that that they could they could hit the tight end over the middle. Well, Dalton Schultz had a nice day today, big day. Um, it's kind of what we were hoping. To, if you drafted him, it's what you were hoping for all season. Then he finally showed it. So, yeah, I, I guess my thing with Dalton Schultz that a lot of that production came after Tank Dell went down with his injury. So I, I think that's going to be something we're going to have to watch. Well, uh, but for forward. next week, sure. If, if he's Tank gonna, yeah. Dell is out with concussion, like yeah, we just cool. said, hey, there that you might have something there. So. Yeah, and next week, I think there's only two teams on by, but there will still be two teams on by. They might have to make some decisions there. Uh, our next matchup is going to be the Carolina Panthers, the Detroit Lions. Let's go to our Heroes and Zeros for that. Heroes one. and Zeros.
All right, my one and only zero for this game was Miles Sanders. Uh, seven carries, 32 yards, only one target, didn't amount to anything. Uh, look, we found out Sanders was practicing a full towards the end of the week. If you drafted him, you drafted him to probably be your RB2. You had to fire him up as such. And uh, Hubbard still played one more snap than he did. So now we're going to have to ask the question, Chase. Is this just a matter of, okay, Sanders is still not 100% healthy? Or has this just become a two-man committee the rest of the way? Because they have been using Hubbard a lot. And Sanders really has not been all that effective on the ground even before he picked up the groin issue. Yeah, I don't know about I, – I, I mean, it's it's definitely not a backfield that I want to hold a ton of no. shares of. I don't want I don't want to have anything to do with this if I have uh, – I think Hubbard, you know, I don't want – I don't think he's rosterable necessarily. I think he not – I'm not even sure he's necessarily streamable. But Miles Sanders, I don't think you can drop just because we do know that he can be – startable running back when he's when he gets the volume i just don't think he's back up to full speed uh we didn't really see anything out of chuba hubbard regardless of of the workload that he put in either so i'm not necessarily panicking on miles sanders but yeah he's definitely uh much more a flex play than than the running back two that you thought you were getting i mean hubbard's been a little bit better after contact he's broken a few more tackles i look at hubbard the same way i look at a, a zach charbonnet like if you're if you're keeping him for the handcuff if that guy goes down that that those are golden tickets. I do a yeah. lot of redrafts. I'm rostering for that purpose. I'm not rostering because I want to stream him in my. Yeah, no, yeah, because you're playing him ever. No, but yeah, if, like you said, if he becomes the guy, right. then yeah, he'll get it in that offense. They will run it through him. He'll be so an RB2. yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So I just wanted to point that out. All right, so let's 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 switch gears here. Let's go to our heroes of the week, and uh, I mean, I guess I probably should put them as a zero for me personally, but. Adam Thielen showed he could get the job done with Bryce Young on the field, which is something I really didn't was just sort of could actually be done. Uh, 13 targets, 11 receptions, 170 yards, and a touchdown today. It looked like for the first time all season, Bryce Young finally realized, you know what? Maybe I should just got to get the ball to my best player available and do it over and over and over again. Like he finally figured that part out. So right. and that, that's what worked with Adam Thielen. So now all of a sudden Thielen is somebody who has, he's going to be rising up from somebody who's a wide receiver three. to now he's going to probably be flirting inside my top 24 on a regular basis, at least for now, as long as he continues to play this way. So that has to be a hero for me for the week. What was yours? Uh, well, my, I, I got a, couple of heroes or one I, I whiffed on him completely but Josh Reynolds had had the game that everybody wanted him to have uh you know uh, filling in for Amon Ross St. Brown as the de facto uh wide receiver one there but David Montgomery hey continues to show why listen I love Jameer Gibbs as a player I think he's a dynamic playmaker and I think that any team in the league would and should be happy to have him on the roster no matter who their starting running back was but David Montgomery continues to prove why that was such baffling draft at number 12 when they other directions Montgomery isn't just pounding the ball because was pounding it last year Montgomery's getting outside and blowing people away and running away from people I mean he's he's looking good now so uh David Montgomery another top five day hey can't go wrong with that right now he's he's a locked in guy right now yeah 100 uh 
I'll turn this down here because we got some observational notes to talk about. I want to talk about Jameson Williams and just the receivers overall for Detroit a little bit in this one. Uh, he played 28 snaps in this game. Obviously, his work will ramp up as we move forward. And we have to keep an eye on St. Brown with this, uh, this abdomen issue he's dealing with. Uh, you know, I talked to Brian Scott. He seemed to think that it's, it's not a big deal. He thought he thought St. Brown was going to play this week, though. He never really get back on the practice field. So I'll ask him again, see if there's any more information heading into next week. Uh, cause that seems like maybe there's something there. We don't fully, we're not fully aware of, uh, necessarily. And, uh, Josh Reynolds, as long as St. Brown misses, I think he's a wide receiver three. You continue to play in that third spot, that flex spot, as long as he's going to be out. I mean, Khalif Raymond was the slot receiver, but Josh Reynolds is a go-to guy right now. As long as I think this offense can handle three guys as being a part of it every single week, as far yeah. as target share goes, uh, I think James Williams will be one of those guys at some point. We know I'm Amon Ross St. Brown will be the lead guy, and then you usually have Sam Laporta. But if Amon Ross St. Brown is out, then Josh Reynolds kind of fills in nicely as far as the target share goes. I think that's somebody you continue to play uh, in that capacity. Uh, what was your big note for this game? I just, again, hey, with their top guy out, with Amon Ross St. Brown out, uh, I think it was it should have been just a no-brainer to look at Sam Laporta as then being an, uh, as as stepping up and being and almost taking that role as the number one target. Sam Laporta right now is just about the most sure thing at tight end outside of Travis Kelsey that you can find across the league. I mean, it, yeah. again, a team that loved their tight end and actually had more touchdowns and more pass completions and more targets to the tight end last season after they traded away TJ Hawkinson. So you knew they wanted to throw to one. They get one in there as talented as Sam Laporta looks like he is. And, uh, and you know, the sky's the limit for him, but he is just about as locked in as anybody can be at that tight end position outside of Travis Kelsey. So, you know, keep looking his way. If you've got him, you, you struck gold. Tight, tight end university, man. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's insane what Iowa's been able to Iowa. do. George Kittle, uh, you mentioned it tonight. <laughs> mm -hmm. Loving that right now. Keep my eyes on that. 49ers scored another touchdown, by the way. It was juice check this time. Uh, our, our next game, this one, this one was weird. This one was really weird. The Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. So let's get into that. Heroes and zeros. All right, first, uh, my zero has to be because I suck at ranking this guy, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Zach Moss did me dirty. Very, very dirty in this one. 23 carries, 165 yards, two touchdowns. And look, I never thought in a million years Jonathan Taylor practicing in full would be limited to 10 snaps. They can say he's on a snap count. That's fine. 10 snaps was not what I was expecting at all. So I had buried. He was still my top 36. Thank God. I can imagine what I've done myself if he wasn't inside my top 36. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I wasn't trying to go into this week playing Zach Moss against the Tennessee Titans, number one, uh, you know, one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And then Jonathan Taylor being back and at least involved in some capacity. I was not I was not ready for that. And now I kind of have to ask this question. Now, Jonathan Taylor's contract does put a damper on this concern to some degree. But Shane Steichen comes from a long line of rotating running backs. I don't know if Zach Moss just completely goes away necessarily with the way he has played. Now, I don't think that takes away from John Taylor becoming a top 12 running back in a few weeks when he's back up to snuff and playing a full snap count. But I don't know if Zach Moss just disappears either, which could limit a little bit as far as what we're talking about with Taylor. I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking outside the box. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one. Well, I mean, hey, we've seen offenses two viable fantasy or I mean if you want to think that 
Williams and Jonathan Stewart in Carolina. Uh, so we've seen Stones go down in New Orleans. Uh, we've seen it uh, in uh, in Cleveland a couple years ago with Hunt and, and and Chubb. So I mean, it's not like the precedent isn't there, especially for a team like this. Now it's going to be harder on a team like this when you've got Anthony Richardson if he's healthy running the ball all over the place as well. But I mean, Zach Moss has shown in the last few weeks that he actually can be a dynamic player in this league. He's he's not on the level of Jonathan Taylor. He's not on the level of Jonathan Taylor by any means. But I mean, for him to be able to put up flex-worthy numbers, even with Jonathan Taylor in that offense, it's not outside the realm of possibility. And I would definitely hold on to him yeah. uh, for the time being and actually play him for the time being, unless and until they show that Jonathan Taylor isn't on that snap count. Yeah, until they make a Breeze Hall-like announcement. I, I think right. that might be half the, right. the way to go. And. I, I can't bring myself to say Zach Moss is a good player, but that's just that's the fantasy analysis of it right now. Uh, my other zero for this game has to be Derrick Henry. So after a yes. week where he looked like Derrick Henry again, he goes right back to being the Derrick Henry that we're all pulling our hair out over. 13 carries, 43 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. And once again, just barely playing more snaps than Tajay Spears. I mean, this is a situation, too, where Ryan Tannehill wasn't terrible in this game. That had been the pattern up until this point. Ryan Tannehill was terrible. Then, okay, the whole offense fluttered. But he, while he wasn't great, he wasn't bad in this game either, and Derrick Henry couldn't get going. And that that's and this is a one-score game. They weren't getting blown out early. I don't know what to make of Derrick Henry. I still don't think it's him necessarily, but they're not feeding him the ball even when they're down in those situations. That's not making up for the fact he doesn't catch the ball. I mean, that's always been a, a thing with Derrick Henry to begin with. I, I Last time I ranked him as an RB2, he showed me up and played as an RB1. I get it, but I think a low in RB1, I think is what we have to view him right now. I don't know. What do you think? No, yeah, he's he's definitely a lower end RB one. I had him, yeah, I had him way up at three this week. I thought that against Indianapolis, I I, I didn't expect him to have the trouble finding the lanes that he did. Uh, I think it's a lot of his offensive line is to blame on that one. But like you said, even when they're even when things are rolling for them, they're not necessarily feeding him that ball all the time. And Tajay Spears has just he's been. Uh, an explosive and fun player. He's been a fun player to watch. I mean, we we knew he was quick coming out of college, but uh, yeah, he's he's definitely showing that he he can take more. He can handle more of the workload. And so, if, if you're them, are you giving Tajay Spears more work to save Derrick Henry for later in the season? Although I don't know what the hell you're saving him for because you need to start winning now if you want to worry about later. Yeah, it's it's a hard backfield to read right now. It's definitely hard. Yeah, one 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 hundred percent. And so we're gonna have to keep our eyes on that moving forward. But let's switch gears to our heroes of the game. And I got one. It's DeAndre Hopkins. Eleven targets, eight catches, one hundred forty yards. This is what I'm gonna do with DeAndre Hopkins. I'm gonna treat him like Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen had one good game. I moved him from being a wide receiver four to a wide receiver thirty six. If he has another good game, we'll talk about him being a high-end wide receiver three. It's still a low-volume passing game at the end of the day. It's still volatile quarterback play, volatile offensive play in general, and Traylon Burks was out. And all those things contribute to DeAndre Hopkins finally having a decent game. But at least this week, he finally showed some life. So Hopkins will at least be back on the radar here come next week. So a big shout-out to DeAndre Hopkins. Who's your hero for this game? Yeah, outside of DeAndre Hopkins, uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, Moss having the big day, but outside of those two, I don't really see a whole ton of heroes in this game. It was a lot of, uh, you know, it was a lot of kind of football being played, and I guess they made it through the game. So, yeah, not 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 necessarily a fun one to watch from a fantasy standpoint or from a from an explosive standpoint. So, 
No, not at all. So my my note, like I said, which it talks more about Taylor, you know, the 10 snaps being quite surprising. Um, it's going to boost up. And he, here's the thing. I know if you, if you started Taylor today, you were disappointed probably. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's going to increase his snap count as he moves forward. And now the contract he was given, you know, he is here to be a focal yes. point of this offense moving forward and all the stuff that was going on in the off season that that's over with now because he got a three year, $42 million extension. It, it's done. Jonathan Taylor here's is here to be the focal point next to Anthony Richardson as far as offense is concerned. So, uh, I'm going to continue to play Taylor. If you want to, if you want to play him as a flex, I, I don't care what the case is, but I'm going to continue to play him. I don't know if you agree, disagree with that. No, I, you dra- you drafted him with the hopes that he would be back as a lead running back. He signed a lead running back contract. Dry ink cures a whole hell of a lot of issues that that that, that team might have had with him, and he might have had with that team. They are going to give him the ball now. He may not get it right away. We saw today a snap count, but. When it happens and when it comes, we know what kind of player Jonathan Taylor is. You know that he can do that on any given play. So you, I, if you have him, yeah, I would continue to, I'd continue to run him out there. I mean, hopefully, you were, you had to have drafted or or picked up other running backs in the meantime. He can't be, you can't be stuck without him. So I would think that you have a couple other running backs you can put in there as well. But I would keep running him out there. Because like you said, it's only going to get better. It's only going to get more. And when he's on, you know that he can be literally, he has the the juice to be the top overall guy. So I would keep doing it. I'd keep using him. And I will keep using him in the two leagues I think I have him in. Yeah, no, I have him in the league as well. I, I will use him there. Uh, I know if you guys listen to us on the uh, podcast, you're probably listening to us on, on Monday. Um, so this is already going to have happened for you. But uh, yeah, 49ers right now. Yeah, just 42, 10. I'm just, I got to live the glory. The hell with you, Dallas. We got literally have Sam Darnold in the game. There's still 1250 left to play in the fourth quarter. This, this is just. Anytime you're doing that to Dallas, I mean, we all can it's raise beautiful. one to that. So just, just, just beautiful. Okay. Uh, the next thing we want to talk about here is the Giants and the Miami Dolphins. So let's go ahead and get into this. Heroes and zeros. I didn't have any zeros in this game, actually, because pretty much everybody you wanted to do something did do something. Yeah. Uh, so let me just go ahead and skip right over to the heroes. And I, I got to give this guy some love. Devon H. On. Uh, I keep giving him crap because of his name and <laughs> I keep giving him crap because he's so small. And what I got I to gotta admit, as far as the NFL prospect goes, I was not on Devon H. And, you know, bandwagon. And I still don't believe a player who is maxing out at 12 touches a game can continue to put up this kind of productivity. But here's what I will give a shout out for. Mike McDaniel, in his running game right now, his scheme is just opening up wide open running lanes. And because he has the speed he does, if he gets a lane, he can just fly through it. And he's taking full advantage of the system that he's in. Keep in mind here, Teron Armstead, their best offensive lineman, wasn't even in the game. (laughs) went on IR. <laughs> like, like, I mean, like, so for them to get the running lanes, and I know it's the Giants. I get it. I don't care. It's still it's an NFL team. What he's been able to do. Yeah, it's still an NFL team. It's incredible what he's been able to do these last three weeks in a row. I mean, I, I, nothing about him says top 12 running back as far as what my algorithm puts out with his volume and his snap share. But I don't know if I'm going to put him outside of it right now with the way he's on fire, the way he's making big plays left and right. So big shout out to Von H. 11 carries, 151 yards and a touchdown. I don't know. 
Yeah. No, I want to, I want to talk about Darren Waller. Actually, Uh, we finally got a Darren Waller startable week and they finally threw the ball to him. Uh, You know, now Daniel Jones going down. We might have to keep an eye on that. I'm not sure that Terod Taylor is great for anybody's fantasy prospects on that team, but they didn't have a whole lot of fantasy prospects anyway, outside of Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, Wandale Robinson being their lead receiver. I had him ranked at 49. He came in at 47. I mean, that's the ceiling for this wide receiver room right now, I think, in this pass game. But Darren Waller, we knew all along, was their best pass asset. Uh, and it showed it today. Finally had that kind of Darren Waller game that we were looking for, at least some semblance of it uh, coming in on the top 10. So I'll take a victory lap on that one. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you notice, Chase, I have not brought up a single giant receiver when we've talked about our Operation Domination episode, our full preview show. Not not talk about they're not dominating a whole hell of a lot of anything. <laughs> they're that irrelevant. I haven't even brought them up. Um, but to, to this point, to your point, Darren Waller hadn't really been a thing either. So it was nice to see that they finally got him the ball at least. And we'll see if that continues. But one note on this, Daniel Jones suffers a neck injury. And, uh, you know, we're not going to know until you're probably listening to this sometime on Monday. Follow us on social media. We'll get you an update. But uh, we don't know what the severity is. And they play the Buffalo Bills Sunday night next week. Another primetime game where we have to watch the pitiful Giants. But <laughs> and, and, and you won't. Yeah, you'll have to wait. You might have to wait if he's a game time decision or. Well, something stupid like that. The way you're not playing Jones, but you do care about it if you have Darren Waller. Like yeah. I'd, I'd rather have Jones and Tyrod Taylor out there if I own Darren Waller, or if right. Saquon Barkley finally does make it back on the field, I'd rather have Daniel Jones out there than Tyrod Taylor right. for Saquon Barkley's you know sake. It's just a matter of moving the ball a little bit better. We did just talk about how the Bills. I think their defense is a little bit more vulnerable than it would have been. So that's that's the good news if you have those guys. But yeah, we're gonna have to find out what's going on with that Daniel Jones neck issue because uh, did not come out of the rest of that game. Uh, my other note is uh, Tyreek Hill might be a little bit banged up. Now, I didn't see an alert for this or an official designation anywhere, uh, but he only played 25 snaps. And I did see him, you know, when we were watching the game, him limping off on the side of the field, especially late in the game. There's a big reason why his snap count to Waddles is such a big discrepancy. It's not usually that large, guys. Uh, so we'll all be waiting to see. I'd be curious to see if Tyreek Hill gets listed with something come, come Wednesday. So let's just keep our eyes on that. Uh, what, what notes did you have for this game no i just how much fun would it be like you you mentioned about mcdaniel getting to you know a scheming devon devon a chain ashane a chain hawk chan scheming him you know to get to get these giant wide running lanes how much fun must it be to be able to scheme and diagram plays in the nfl for the team speed of the miami dolphins between mostert ach a chan Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's well, absolutely ridiculous. We haven't even seen Waddle get going. Like, he had a touchdown no. today, and he, but, he, you know, he, no, he hasn't had a walk. Yeah, he hasn't had to blow up game yet. Yeah. No, but he hasn't had to blow up. We haven't even seen him do that yet, and that, it's just like another weapon. We we're, we're, we are going to see at some point get going this year. I guarantee you. He was uh, yeah. he was he was wide receiver nineteen on the day, and we were yeah. like, "Where's Jalen Waddle?" Right, but he was right. a wide receiver two <laughs> on a day we didn't even know he was around. <laughs> what happens when they freaking get going? No, yeah. the, the speed they have is is absolutely insane uh, right now. I just I just wish they had a little bit more offensive line help for uh, to attack Lavoa. Yeah. Uh, our next game here is the New Orleans Saints and New England Patriots. This this might be heroes and zeros. Zero, zero. Here's my zero. You ready for this? Screw you, Bill O'Brien. You might be worse. 
than Matt Patricia. I never thought that could ever be remotely possible, but at least Patricia know how to get the ball to the guys who are at least the best players on the team, even though they weren't that great. Like, at least Armandre Stevenson got involved in the yes. passing game when you were down by multiple scores. Yes. At least Hunter Henry got the ball. Your team is set up to do two things. Your best pass catchers are your two tight ends, Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki, and Ramondre Stevenson out of the backfield. Now, and this is kind of stepping on the toes of my note for the game, but Stevenson and Elliott were in a dead split this week. Elliott out-targeted Stevenson 4-2. to There's no reason for that. There's some talk that maybe the Patriots aren't as happy with Stevenson and his, his effort, I guess, but still, every everybody who grades running backs, grades receivers, all have Stevenson well ahead of Zico Elliott when it comes up. There's no reason Zico Elliott should be out-targeting Ramondre Stevenson ever. Give me a break. If you want to work him in, give him a third of the carries, fine. Give your best players the ball, if nothing else. You have two weeks in a row where you look like you don't even have a clue. And everybody's going to sit here, once again, and blame Mac Jones. This is not on Mac Jones. They're running a high school offense right now. And this is a shame on Bill O'Brien because he's supposed to be an NFL offensive coordinator. What the hell are we watching right now with New England Patriots? Well, and yeah. Listen, I'm done. I'm I, I'm way past the idea of thinking that the New England Patriots are by default the smartest people in the room and 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 know more than everybody else about football. You know, they've proven that they, ever since Tom Brady left town. I think they've they've proven that they don't necessarily have all of the tricks of the trade all the time up their sleeve. And and thinking they were smarter than everybody else with that whole. It, freaking experiment last year with their offensive coordinator being defensive coordinators and whatever the hell else they did. Uh, but bringing back Bill O'Brien, we would have thought, yeah, that they for sure could have at least gotten the ball to the people that matter the most on their team. Um, I, yeah, listen, you can be down on Stevenson all you want guys, but he, he is, and everybody else literally in the league and outside of the league can see it. He's your best guy there given the damn ball. Um, and yeah, yeah, for Hunter Henry to come away with a zero on the stat sheet in a game where you were trailing like this and is is inexcusable. The Saints are a good defense, but I mean, not all world. Give me a break. They were today. Some of this is a little little personal for me because I had Stevenson and Hunter Henry both yeah. in one league on a lineup in places, and it was it was dreadful, but. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in the observational notes. I want to switch gears here. I need to get on a happy streak here. Uh, Alvin Kamara, shout out to you, buddy. Comes off suspension, was injured during training camp, didn't get all the time in the world, and yet his workload the last two weeks, partly because Jamal Williams has been out, has been insane. 22 carries, and this one goes for 80 and a touch. Three targets, three catches, 17 yards. Last week was the 13, you know, reception week for 33 yards. Uh, you're not loving maybe the efficiency of it all, but the volume, man, is it there? And if you drafted out of Kamara, you got to be loving this right now. Uh, so that definitely has to be my hero for this game. What was yours? Uh, my my hero is the aforementioned New Orleans Saints defense there. Top overall fantasy DST. I had him at five. I, I thought this would be a good matchup. I didn't think it would be this kind of a matchup uh, to where they would uh, you know literally hold the Patriots. Patriots, two quarterbacks combined had negative had like negative 0.8 points or something like that between the two of them. It was it was a ridiculous game. Uh, it's not all on the Saints off defense being that good, but hey, for this week, if you if you had them and you picked them up knowing that they had a good early season schedule, you got a good return out of them today. 
Hey, shout out to Ray tuning in, even though he's having a rough day. Like, neither of them kicked a field goal, so I'm screwed. Now only win by one with Moody and Watson versus questionable Adams and Standard. Lost by six points last week, four points in week three. <laughs> Fantasy football can be a mean, mean mistress, Ray. But here's the, here's the thing, and this is why we do this show. This is why we do the Operation Domination show. This is why I talk to Brian Scott on Thursdays. It's all about the process. If you continue to put yourself in more probable situations, eventually it should hit for you. Now I say eventually I, I have been some leagues where no matter what I did, you know, I just had a bunch of points for it against me. I get it. But eventually if you play the probabilities and that's what fantasy football is, the game of probabilities more times than not, it'll go your way. So keep staying, keep staying with us. We'll keep walking you through. We'll keep up the good process and we'll, we'll get you going here. Yeah. Yeah. Injuries are huge, man. Chubb and Barkley injuries are huge. Got Waddle to trade. I do think Waddle right now is still a buy low candidate, even though you just had a touchdown. We just talked about him. He's going to get going at some point. Um, to get back to this with the notes, I, I like I said, I talked about Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott a little bit. It was absolutely atrocious that Elliott only had two less snaps than Stevenson in this game. The one thing I wanted to point out, starting with this week, is that Stevenson is going to have a much better schedule moving forward. Him and, and if you want to throw Hunter Henry in this or whoever else that you want to throw in here, you got the Raiders coming up next. You have several games where they don't play any elite defenses here coming up the rest of their schedule. So this is where I would I don't think Stevenson's a by low candidate because it's so putrid what's going on in New England right now. You need to see some life that they at least Bill Bryan knows how to get the ball to his best players first before you can totally dig in. But things should be better for these guys moving forward, uh, assuming that they actually have an NFL offensive coordinator on their hands. The other one in this game, Chris Olave picked up a toe injury in pregame. It didn't affect his playing time, uh, but other than the touchdown, he didn't do much productivity anyway. They also didn't need him to do much, so it's kind of hard, you know, a little bit of a chicken and egg you know, situation here a little bit, but uh, just keep your eye on that. We'll have to see throughout the week if it's going to be an issue for him or not moving forward. What was your notes for this game? Yeah, just that. I mean, yeah, I, no matter how great their matchups might be coming forward, this, this Patriot offense is one. I don't want anything to do. Including the belly up, uh, belly up uh, Lee with, uh, with Kevin drafted him as our top. We went Jamar overall and we have today we'll talk about that a little bit here but Ramondre is about the only look at in this streaming Hunter Henry possibly at tight end but this is this is this offense is an absolute mess yeah, they're going to have to get something figured out for sure. Uh, our next match, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Heroes and zeros. Alright, as always, we start off we start off with the zeros here. Lamar Jackson was a zero this week. How disappointed was he? 236 yards, zero touchdowns, 45 yards on the ground, had a pick on top of it. It just didn't get going here. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, they have a defense that can pass rush, but they have had a secondary you should be able to take advantage of. They've had a running game you should be able to take advantage of. So I was a little disappointed here at Lamar Jackson. And uh, this one was just, you know, my bad. I was nine spots lower than the ECR, and I shouldn't have been. George Pickens, 10 targets, six catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. He's as boom as bust as they, as they get. 
But with no Pat Fryermuth, with no Deontay Johnson, he was able to take advantage and be a high-target monster in this game. That's what he needs. I think that's the key. He has to have yeah. 10 targets in order to be fantasy relevant because he's only going to hit on maybe 50% of it. And that's kind of what it kind of works out to be. So zero for me, bad call by me. What was yours, Chase? Yeah, well, Pickens is only going to see about 50% catchable balls, and he's going to make outstanding catches on maybe 40%. Of those. So, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, he's got to be bombed with targets to be – to, to have this kind of a day and with any kind of consistency. Uh, my zeros were, yeah, pick a starting running back either side of the line of scrimmage because uh, Najee Harris and Gus Edwards were complete no-shows today. Yeah. just at, Yeah, and I've been trying to defend Najee and saying that J he's not going to fall behind Jalen Warren in the pecking order, and I still don't think he's going to fall behind him in the pecking order, but he is definitely not producing like the starting fantasy running back that you, uh, that you wanted him to be and that we thought he was going to be from his fresh, from his uh, rookie year. I'm going to be honest. This, this kind of dives to our notes. So that's why I turned the music down. Um, uh, Cause I don't have any heroes first of all. So I'm just going right to the observational notes. Do you, <laughs> right. you have a hero? Do you want me to hit the music for you for a hero? <laughs> no. Cause I mean, like outside of Pickens actually way outperforming what I thought he would, <laughs> this was not, yeah, this was not a stellar game. No, it wasn't. Yeah. So, it, so first of all, I'm with you on the fact that going into the season, I did not subscribe to the idea that Jalen Warren would out, would out, uh, or, or should I say, overtake, overtake, yes, Najee Harris at any point in the season. And I don't know that he does or doesn't moving forward, but I do think it might be time for him to do so, because right now, whether it's because of the offensive line, whether it's because of the offense, whatever the case may be, the only chance you have of picking up four to five yards per carry is Jalen Warren. He's the only one who gives you a shot at even doing that. And while he's not somebody I want to see get. 20 carries every single game. I do think you now are at the point where you have to make it a point to get him at least 15. I think plus whatever he gives you in the passing game. I think we're at that point because giving Najee Harris 15 carries in a game right now is absolutely pointless until something along that offense, whether it's the offensive line getting better or change an offensive coordinator. It's just pointless because it's just going for two, three yards to carry. It's absolutely pointless. It puts you behind the sticks. It defeats the entire purpose of what it's supposed to give you. So I'm, I am at the point now where Jalen Warren needs to be worked in ahead of Najee Harris, whether that happens or not. We'll have to see. The problem is that unless it's your full point PPR league, Warren's still nothing more in the flex play. Najee, I don't even I don't even want to play him if I can at all help it. He's touchdown dependent. He's not scoring. Uh, he's Man, running. Touchdown. He's running hard, but he looks like he's running through freaking cement. And it, it is he's not. He doesn't look explosive to me right now. And I'm again, like you said, he, it's not like he's getting a ton of lanes or anything like that, but. Warren has just been the more explosive player. And in this league, you can't afford to, to run guys out there. Remember, remember the old uh, Nintendo entertainment system and ice hockey, where you had the fat oh, yeah. guys, the skinny guys and the medium yeah. guys. Okay. And you know, yeah, the skinny guys, you touched them and they flew across the ice, but they were fast enough to run circles literally around everybody else. Whereas right. the fat guys, you could never knock them over, but you could steal the puck from them. If you could get close to them because they couldn't move. He's, he's running around there like the fat guy on, on ice hockey right now. And at least Jalen Warren looks like the medium all-purpose guy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm give him a shot. I'm, I'm with you. Um, the other note I have for this game is that Justice Hill is obviously healthy over his toe issue. He played the most snaps out of the running backs. Looked better as far as him and Gus Edwards are concerned. Edwards still had more carries, uh, but Hill got a little bit more of each work. One more note, then, too, on Pittsburgh. Uh, you've been missing Deontay Johnson because he got injured. And uh, we've been hoping that, you know, we would see him back. Now, he still hasn't practiced, my, is my understanding. 
But keep in mind, they are one of the two teams on by next week. Was that? I think he's eligible this week to finally yeah. come back. Yeah. And, and they have a bye week in week six. So right. he may come back. Week seven may be your target date to look and see when if you'll get Deontay Johnson back. When Deontay Johnson gets back, yeah, what does that do for your George Pickens? What does that do for your for your Pat Fryermuth? Because I think that I mean he's he's he sucks up a lot of targets in that in that offense. And he it should. Does. He should. He should. And here's the problem. He's a wide receiver three. George Pickens mm-hmm. will be a boomer bust, low end wide receiver three. Pat Fryermuth will be a maybe a high end tight end two. But the fact is, until Kenny Pickett can show he can be a decent quarterback, they're still going to be catching passes it, from Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Yeah. And still getting plays called, maybe even more importantly from Mac Canada. Yeah. And, 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 and until something changes there, man, I just don't, I don't see where the upside is. You're playing these guys because you have to, because you have no other options, not because you want to at this point. Okay. Um, our next game here is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Los Angeles Rams. Heroes and zeros. Oh, Devonta Smith. Oh, absolutely brutal. Good God, man. Five targets, one catch, six yards. There is offense. There was back and forth. This game was a four-quarter game. It wasn't a blowout. Um, But this is the Philadelphia Eagles offense at the end of the day. Two of the three guys are going to get work. There's always somebody who's going to get left out. Mm -hmm. And then somebody is either Dallas Goddard or Devonta Smith more times than not. Usually A.J. Brown, one way or another, gets worked in, even if it's just a floor day. Uh, So that's kind of what comes with the territory a little bit. But when you're leaning on Devonta Smith to be borderline low-end wide receiver one, yeah, this is not what you, <laughs> you want to see. Uh, so better days are obviously ahead, but he had to be a zero for me in this game. What was yours? Uh, yeah, Kyron Williams. I was ho- I was thinking he might have a shot at being a, a running back. Uh, your low end running back one today. Seven barely didn't get quite eight fantasy points on the day for you. Uh, finishes as more like a flex play. Uh, I was pretty disappointed to see that, but you know, yeah, outside of Devonte Smith's absolutely horrendous production that's about the only zero that i saw yeah yeah and i want to give i want to give kyron this that he still had four yards of care against a pretty tough oh yeah 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 so it's like i agree with you but for fantasy output what i was hoping to get from him i didn't see 100 fantasy production you've come used to with kyron williams but i will say in a tougher matchup i'm okay with a guy like him was getting four yards of care kind of actually gives me a little bit of hope moving forward Heroes, uh, Cooper Cup. Now, while I might have missed on the Jonathan Taylor being a guy you have to play on his return, I did not miss on Cooper Cup being a top 10 wide receiver. 12 targets, 8 catches, 118 yards right off the friggin' bat. Welcome back, Cooper Cup. Who is your hero for this game? Uh, DeAndre Swift, once again, a running back one, uh, proving that he's he should be there and is there. Um, also, hey, Dallas Goddard, fine. Like you, like yeah. was one of the two that got his this week and proved that he is not, you know, off of the tight end radar. He still is a top five type tight end and was number one overall this week so far. Had a great game uh, and looked like what we were hoping to get from him when we drafted him this year. It's tight end, it's volatile, guys. You just kind of have to stay with it. You know, he's talented on a good offense. It's going to come. And Puka. Well, Puka that- did not lose. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I'm going to have to talk about now, this observational note. Yes. So I was actually going to bring it up more so with Tutu. Yeah. Tutu had a touchdown. So if you played him, it wasn't terrible. But two catches on five targets mm-hmm. for 12 yards, that was it. And this is what I talked about the entire time. I was like, when Cooper Cup comes back, 
Tutu is the biggest casualty. Like, Puka yeah. is not going to go anywhere. He's going to play that Robert Woods role. There's plenty of space for two possession wide receivers on this Rams team, especially with a healthy Matthew Stafford who's playing really yes. well right now. The problem is that third receiver who's just going to be there to be the big play, he's now very much a boom or bust wide receiver for a guy because Cup's going to get his double-digit targets, and I think Puka's going to get somewhere between eight and ten targets himself almost every single week like what we saw. So good news if you have Puka Nakua because he's not going anywhere. You're going to be able to still play him very confidently. But if you had Tutu Atwell and you've been loving that ride, you're going to have to start looking him as a upside swing rather than somebody you want to definitely plug into your lineup any given week. You might want to look for shootout opportunities because otherwise, I don't know what you're going to get out of him. It's going to be a low floor. So something to keep in mind moving forward with them. What was your notes for this game? Yeah, yeah Tutu is going to be – he's going to be a frustrating roster yeah. filler for you going forward here unless and until uh, either Puka or Koopa misses time. Uh, Tyler Higby likewise might be a little bit frustrating at tight end. Uh, he didn't have a great game today. I still think he's a top 12 type tight end, but he might be pretty up and down here because, you know, there's only so many passes that can go around. And like you said, Stafford's playing great, but, uh, when, when you've got two guys that are playing up to the level of Puka Nakua and Cooper cup, uh, right now, you can't afford not to throw to them. So. Um, yeah, it, it might be frustrating on that Rams offense outside of the two juggernauts there, but hey, it's going to be fun to watch the two of them work together. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, we got the Cincinnati Bengals and the Arizona Cardinals up next. Heroes and zeros. Zero, oh, my zero for this, it had to be Josh Dobbs. Only 166 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, only one rushing yard. That was really the big key for me here. Somebody actually ranked as a top 12 quarterback heading into a heavy bye week this week. And it just, it, it was very, very ugly. A couple of turnovers. And again, like I said, he, he just didn't get the rushing game going like you thought he would have looked like the Josh Dobbs we thought he would be starting the season, not what we've actually seen the right. first, last few weeks. So uh, I don't know. Uh, what was your zero here? Uh, yeah, I mean, outside of him, I think everybody kind of performed where I was hoping that they would or or outperformed where I thought they would. I mean, Michael Wilson had a pretty rough day, but Michael Wilson in that offense, you've got to understand, is going to be up and down. He's not going to be consistent as a rookie and in with Josh Dobbs throwing to him in that offense. Now, once Kyler Murray comes back, maybe Michael Wilson raises his floor a little bit more. But uh, in the meantime, if you're going to roll with Michael Wilson, you're rolling with a wide receiver four or five type who's going to be up and down. And unless he scores a touchdown in any given week, you can't count on the idea that he's going to get you a ton of points. Um, the other, you know, the other guy that we all lost out points on through no fault of his own was James Conner picking up that leg injury, but we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, no, absolutely. Picked up uh not really sure if it's an ankle or a knee issue, uh, so we'll have to keep our eyes out on that. Um, here, here's what I will say, just so we're because we're talking about it now already. Uh, I do think it'll be a committee approach if James Conner misses any time. So I don't know if there's really anybody to go after hard at the waiver wire. Remember, they just signed Damian Williams, Keontae Ingram's there. I don't really care. Amari Demarcado got all the work though after he, he left, did. and he's he's a guy that uh, they had kind of surprisingly kind of worked his way into their good graces. And if, yeah. if he's, if he got all the work after the, after they lost, after they lost Connor today, he might be a, of anybody. Like you said, I don't know if I'm rushing out to grab any, anybody that's a, that's a backup running back for the Cardinals right now. But if you were going to grab one, he might be one to take a flyer on. 
He is, and he's somebody who I'm going to have to uh, figure out exactly where I'm going to rank him on my waiver yeah. wire lists uh, later this week as well. All right, so let's switch to our heroes for this game, and that's Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow finally getting back to being Joe Burrow. 317 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, and Jamar Chase, 19 targets, 15 receptions, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. Finally looking like the guy who I ranked number one overall this season. About frigging time. Shout out to those guys. I don't know if you have any other heroes besides that. You want to talk more about no, that? No, I'm, I'm still basking in the Jamar Chase light because, like I said, uh, Kevin Wilson and my, I took him number two overall uh, in the in the Belly Up Fantasy League, and, and I had really been talking him up, and I, like you, I had him ranked number one over Justin Jefferson finally looked like it today, at least, you know, for, for one week, but he showed exactly what he is capable of. Uh, let's hope this is a sign of better things to come. Yeah. We finally got Joe Burrow and not half of Joe Burrow and, and a bum calf. And uh, we've, yeah, we find this finally looked a lot more like what the Cincinnati Bengals offense should look like. And keep in mind, they didn't have T Higgins today. Right. Yeah. And I don't get too excited as the Arizona Cardinals, but this has been a feisty little team here. They've been playing tough. They've played yeah, tough this year and they have not been a rollover necessarily. So. No, not at all. It's it's definitely nothing to sneeze at. Um, people are talking about how Burrow has felt his best going into this game that he had been to this point with the calf issue. It's still going to be an issue. And I think the healthiest he might ever be is after the bye week. And even then, he might not be 100%. But at least he showed you, you know what? We can figure out a way to get this thing going and get this offense back uh, on track. So that was that was the big key here. So uh, outside of James Conner uh, being a note for me, the other one was, you know, Cincinnati Vines is going, but I do want to comment on the Joe Mixon thing because as somebody who's watching that game pretty closely to see, you know, just broke it back on track, Jamar Chase get going. You know, Joe Mixon's been a buy-low candidate for me for several weeks because Cincinnati has this really sweet schedule coming up the rest of the way here that I, I really kind of want to take advantage of. I think they only have two tough matchups the rest of the way themselves and a great playoff schedule. So I've been targeting guys like Joe Mixon, and uh, he wasn't efficient today and got, I think, uh, he, but I think he got five red zone opportunities and couldn't convert but it wasn't his fault. Here's the one thing with Joe Burrow right now, this calf issue. I don't think the Bengals are willing to put him under center. He has to be a shotgun. So they have five opportunities inside the red zone, all of them out of shotgun inside the five yard line. That doesn't suit well for a guy like Joe Mixon, who's a big pounder thunder type of running back who likes to get going downhill in those type of situations. And if you're going to keep running this out of shotgun, I'm going to have to temper my expectations for what his touchdown output might be the rest of the way. I still think Joe Mixon is a buy low candidate, by the way. I'm not backing off of that. Again, if the offense gets better, guess what? There will be opportunities for him to score, and they'll continue to do so, and eventually those will start to hit. And he still wasn't terrible today either from a fantasy standpoint. But I do want to point out that if they can only run shotgun because of Joe Burrow's calf injury, it is going to put a little bit of a damper on his effectiveness, and especially inside the red zone, which is what you need him to do. You need him to score touchdowns. So I yeah, that's that's, that's the problem with him is that yeah he he I mean he was inefficient like he always is, uh, but at least when in those short yarded situations inside the goal line, yeah, he's always been able to get his touchdowns and get and get his scores, which helps boost that up. 
Plus, they've always fed him the rock 836 times a game. So getting 3.1 yards a carry doesn't matter when you're getting 20 carries. You're still getting 60-some yards and a score and maybe a couple of catches for 20 yards every game. He was He's, he's still putting out that low-end RB1 number that you want. He was able to do that today, but like you said, that – that usage and, and that red zone, those red zone opportunities, he has to be able to convert some of those going forward for, for him to really return a ton of value to you. But I, I agree with you. I'd be going out and trying to get him right now. This offense, as long as Burrow continues to get and stay healthy, it can only get better. Yeah. It can only get better. Uh, let's talk about the Jets and the Denver Broncos. Heroes and zeros. All right. Zero. First up. Yeah, um, Corlin Sutton, where the hell were you, buddy? Three <laughs> targets, one catch, 13 yards. I know it's sauce. I know it's a Jets defense. I get it. And I know being a Denver Bronco wide receiver is not the most fantasy lucrative position to be right now either. Because even Jerry Judy was like, you know, he was okay, but it was yeah. nothing special. Uh, but yeah, that's three targets, one catch, 13 yards. In the game, the Broncos had to come back from trailing most of the game. That's that's not what you want to that's not what you want to see. And I had ranked him ahead of Jerry Judy, so I have to take the loss on that one. What was your zero in this game? Uh, I don't know why I still continue continue to to even think about this guy, but Dalvin Cook uh, is just done. What's your dreams? We just have to be done with him. I I don't know why we have I I have to keep bringing him up every week. This show, my show, whatever else. But six carries, twenty three yards today. But they didn't. They don't want to give him the ball. He doesn't want to run the ball. It looks like they don't want to block for him. He doesn't want to be there. He's pissed that Rodgers is out. Yeah, just move on from Dalvin Cook. I'll give you on top of it, 11 snaps. 11 snaps. He's the third running back now. Michael Carter out yeah. the second week in a row. He should be. Michael Carter's a better player at this point right now. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, just, just move past Dalvin Cook in every way, shape, or form whatsoever. With Brees Hall off the leash now. And letting him go, we saw what he did today. Obviously, one of us will bring him up in a second here as a hero. There's absolutely no reason why they should give the ball to Dalvin Cook. And any other touches they're going to give the backfield should go through Michael Carter right now because he's a better player. Or, God forbid, they they activate Israel Abanaconda and let's see what that kid can do. But Dalvin Cook is just not it anymore. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, here, I will hit this for you. Thank you. Prepare to be flushed. Because God, yes, giving him a dollar bill. Is is he just, yeah, is he just awful? Uh, Here we got a question coming in from Flex Lord Chino. Hey guys, was wondering if you trade away Pacheco for Pollard. Seller wants to get rid of Pollard. I think now would be good. Uh, Yeah, yeah, 100%. Do it before you get off the, yeah, do it before we're off the air. Yeah, I'm trying to find. I need like every drop known the man here. Yeah, pull the trigger. Uh, absolutely, man. If this guy after a San Francisco matchup is dumb enough to want to just trade away Tony Pollard, and you're and you all you have to do is give up Pacheco a one for one. Yeah, call that call that a freaking win. Um, yeah, Ray coming back here. Maybe I could trade Barkley and Moss for what? For who? I wouldn't trade Barkley for nothing. Ray, and this goes out to anybody. Think about what we've been talking about today with our heroes and zeros. With our running backs. Think about what Chase has been bringing up with the running backs who finished the top 24 guys and what their stat lines were this week. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. 
All right. If you have an RB1 right now, they are treated more than gold. I don't care if it's an Austin Eckler or Saquon Barkley who've been out for the last several weeks because of injuries. They should be treated like gods in the fantasy world right now because they're a cheat code that you didn't even know you had until now. Yeah. Hey. You froze up for a minute. There. Sorry. Oh, sorry. On my end, you froze up for a minute. Listen, 11, 11 and a half points got you top 20 numbers at the running back position today. Yeah. And that's not what you want out of your running back one. It's not what you want on your running back two, but the no. fact is 11 points was a starting running back this week. So, and, and, not- I, and I realized, Hey, you're talking about Barkley and yeah, you've been missing out on him and that that's sucks terrible. and it hurts and you, you draw, you, you lost Chubb, but like, listen, when Barkley comes back, he's going to get you 10, 12 points every week. At least, you know, he's going to be a startable running back. You're not going to, and, and coming off of an injury, you're not going to be able to get commensurate value for what you think you should be getting off of Barkley. Hang on to those guys, those kinds of guys. If you want to trade Pacheco for Pollard, like Flex Lord Chino said, those kinds of trades I would be making because you know Pollard is going to get run in both facets of the game, the pass game and the run game. He's on an explosive offense. Throw out tonight because they were playing the 49ers. The 49ers are a great defense. They're not going to be playing that San Francisco defense every single week. But a guy like Pollard who plays both in both facets of the game, a guy like Barkley who is so important to them in both facets of the game when he plays, that's a guy that you want to have. Uh, Moss if you think you can sell high on him after this week and get somebody who's going to get probably more consistent usage than Moss, we then we anticipate Moss will under Jonathan Taylor, jump on that. But hold Barkley. See if you can swap Moss for another RB2 straight up or for a better receiver and then swap one of your other receivers for a running back. 100. Yeah, could, could not have said that better myself. A uh, fantasy football, look, I know it's an emotional game for a lot of people. The less emotional you are, the better player you are going to be. So let's make that real, real clear. All right, I'm talking about talking about depressing running backs. Talk about a running back who made me happy today. Yes. Uh, Brees Hall, baby. 22 carries, 177 yards, a touchdown, three targets, three catches, 17 yards. He was unleashed with a 72-yard touchdown he had today. And I think what's even better than that for his overall usage down the road, finally given 22 carries in this game. I know it's Denver Broncos, but Brees Hall is somebody that we can finally start to feel confident about using in our lineups every single week. What was your hero this game? No, that, that, that's all I want to ever talk yeah. about is Brees Hall. I loved Brees Hall. And the, uh, keep in mind, this is the stadium. He blew that knee out in last last year. Yeah. Comes back and, yeah, he has the, does the exact same thing. Runs a gigantic, you know, last week, last year, I think it was a 62-yard. This week, this week it was a 72-yarder. But, I mean, the man is just an absolute you know, weapon at that running back position. Uh, I still believe he would have been the offensive rookie of the year last year had he not gotten hurt. As it is, his teammate Garrett Wilson needs better quarterback play to live up to his full potential. But, uh, you know, hey, Brees Hall is still going to be able to produce even on a on a sub-par quarterbacked team like the New York, you know, like the New York Jets are going to be for the rest of the season, no matter who's back there. Oh, by the way, uh, 49ers beat Dallas 42 to 10 officially. Love it. Love every minute of it. Um, yes. Just talking about Brees Hall, because I had that as part of my observational note, too, is that so there's the, all the big you know hoopla with the news report about all oh, the snap counts off of them. And I made this point on our Wednesday show that 
the snap count has been off of him actually for the last two weeks. They just didn't announce it officially. And it was that he is the lead back. Two weeks ago, he started separating himself from Dalvin Cook from Michael Carter. All, as far as the early downs especially goes. And about 30 snaps a game. And even in this game, 34 snaps. Like It wasn't like super unleashed no. this game as far as playing time goes overall. I want people to take note of that because when it comes to the passing game, and the Jets will be in some negative game scripts. Like Zach Wilson was still not very great. Like It was still a bad team that they played against. So let's, let's keep that in mind too. He still needs to start overtaking Michael Carter like he did last year in the passing game for him to be RB1 that we want him to be. He's not there yet. I want to make sure that's very, very clear after a game like this because some people are going to look at this game and say, Brees Hall is now officially, oh, snap count was off. It's the first week they announced snap counts off. He gets 22 carries and he goes berserk and they're going to look at him as an RB1. He's not there yet. The snap count, the playing time overall was actually not that much more than what it had been the past couple of weeks so i want to make that very very clear for everybody now is there a pathway for him to continue to separate himself from michael carter and get more involved in the passing game yes 100 and when that happens he's definitely the rb1 that you want him to be and i think there's a chance that that happens but right now the good news is this they just got back to running the ball first Zach Wilson was able to do play action off of that. That's what this offense needs to do. Brees Hall is explosive, so it only takes one play for him to go bananas. And he still did have three targets, three catches, and got worked in a little bit more in the passing game than he had the past couple of weeks. So that, more so than anything, is what I'm taking out of this moving forward with the Brees Hall. And an encouraging note on that too. Elijah Vera Tucker left that game with an injury today too. They've got a little bit of a banged up offensive line, an offensive line that even when they were all healthy hasn't necessarily clicked the way that they want them to in the way that I thought that they might when, when I saw what they were building there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Reese Hall, the sky's the limit. It's just like, like you said, we you're, you're waiting to see that receiving game usage pick up. And once that happens, or once the snap count kind of tilts much more in his favor, then we'll, then we'll see him really explode. But he's, he's a dynamic talent. He is an absolute game changer at the yeah. running back position. I mean, he can he can hit from anywhere on the field because he's he's already shown it. One hundred percent. My other note for this game is that Samaja Perine did get the start. He did play more snaps, but McLaughlin was the super yeah. explosive player here. Now, Javante Williams practiced in full on Friday. I think the reason he was inactive for today's game, despite practicing in full and fries, because they have a Thursday night matchup with Kansas mm-hmm. City. I think there's a pretty good chance we're going to see Javante Williams active for that game but i don't think mclaughlin's going anywhere chase like i, I i'm like no. I, look i still think he'll be third as far as touches go in this backfield but i think there is a pathway for him now to overtake maybe samaja perine at some point he's not gonna take over javante but i think there's a pathway for him to take over samaja perine oh i think there's a big pathway for him to take over for samaja p ryan listen uh, it's gary payton's offense uh, we have seen him use oompa loompas in the backfield before anybody remember a guy named darren sproles down in down in yeah. new orleans Yep. That was all of five foot nothing. And Jaleel McLaughlin is not a big guy, but like you said, he's explosive with the ball in his hands. He is making things happen in this offense and they have shown a, a willingness to use him in this offense. I think using him as a changeup from Javante Williams could be much more effective than using Samaje Pirine as a corollary to Javante Williams. You get Williams in there is such a hammer 
and 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 such a hard runner and such a physical guy you can if you can contrast that with McLaughlin and and his his explosiveness like you said that that could be a real fun one two punch for them if they can ever get out of their own way and seemingly get this thing this ship going in the right direction did you see that did you see the tweet that that the Jets put out after the game yeah yes about I the did. the offseason champs yeah. and the <laughs> And you know what? You know, I, here's what I want to say. Good for them. Yeah, good for Why them. Not? You won the game. Why not? Definitely your time to take a victory lap and yeah. have that back in Sean Payton's face. 100%. Here, I, here's what I do want to say, though. I still do not disagree with one word Sean Payton said. Oh, no. <laughs> Neither. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suddenly the Daniel Hackett fan after today because they won a game. But no. if you're a Jets fan, yeah. your Jets organization, yes, this is the time to take your victory yes. lap. I'm not going to yeah, Very much so. And and good for Nathaniel Hackett for today. And I, I hope it did. I, I'm sure it felt great to go in there and do what he did to to the to his old team, uh, regardless of you know whether they were justified in kicking him out or, or not in his mind. I'm sure it felt great uh, and good for him for a day. But, yeah, I'm not a Nathaniel Hackett fan just because he went out, out and beat a not great Denver team. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's get to our last game for today's show. Zeros and zeros. It was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, Chase, unless you got something, I don't have any zeros, nor do I have any heroes, because everyone kind of did what you expected them to do-ish in this game. Like, nobody went crazy, but no one had a bad game that you were leaning on for fantasy purposes either. Right. So I, I think I think we were thinking there might be a little I, – I was thinking there might be a few more points scored than what there were. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody kind of lived up to their billing and did what they were supposed to do, and 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 nobody really fell completely flat on their face. So hey, yeah. hey. and the only the only thing, you know, obviously, if you're Justin Jefferson owner, you're not happy today. But he does oh. because of the hamstring injury. I'm not going to call him a zero because he picked up a no. hamstring injury during the game, uh, and that's something obviously we're going to have to watch. So my thought process, and especially with the way the snap count played out, this is what you get. You get Jordan Addison's going to probably be the number one target as far as wide receivers go, and he'll move up and he'll be inside a top 24 receiver for me moving forward if Jefferson's going to miss any time. But on the flip side of that, I think KJ Osborne's a low-end wide receiver three right now moving forward. He's already been playing a ton of snaps. We saw in this game he gets nine targets. He gets more involved. He has been a guy who's been able to make a big play or two here or there. I think we can talk about him being a high-end, uh, I'm sorry, a low-end wide receiver three. Boomer bust maybe prospect in a shootout caliber type game like this one kind of was a little bit, especially towards the end if Jefferson's going to miss. So that's kind of how I'm breaking this down as far as the wide receiver group is concerned, if Jefferson's going to have to miss time. Do you see it any differently than that? Or No, and, and listen, I know Brandon Powell saw six targets today, but there's yeah. no reason to run out and and think that Brandon Powell's suddenly a thing. Right. He has not seen this many targets in, in a game since 2018, and he's dealt with two years out of the league since then and and been on you know multiple squads. And he is right. not going to be a thing just because they had to throw him. They had to throw their wide receiver four on the field after their wide receiver one went down. Yeah. Let Brandon um, Powell sit where he's going to sit because Jordan Addison and, and KJ Osborne are still where it's at here. Yeah, and, 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 and Addison's widely owned, but Osborne is somebody who's going to be on our waiver. Who, wire yeah. And, and should, could very well be available in your league. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the other one is, you know, Travis Kelsey. I guess if I was going to give a hero award, it would have been Travis Kelsey. Just you know, picks up an ankle sprain, finds a way to go back. Look, first of all, here's what I'm going to say. When that injury first happened, 
I thought it was an Achilles. No, the entire fantasy world held their collective breath. Yeah. Everybody was like, son of a bitch. It was like, goes down, no contact. He's holding the ankle right away. Yep. On the back. Like, I thought it was an Achilles. All of a sudden, he's back out there on the field. And I'm like, scores. (laughs) And then scores a touchdown. Still gets 10 targets on the game. It was absolutely incredible. So, so big shout out. He's a tough guy. They thought it was a high ankle sprain at first. Now they're saying it's a low ankle sprain after the game so that means he might not miss any time because travis kelsey is just a monster absolutely absolutely insane but i think this speaks to a larger point here is that part of why i think travis kelsey just forced him and willed himself out there is because man they really don't have another go-to target outside of him that they they do not no not at all not at all i mean it's been that way yeah it's been that way both years now since since tyreek hill left they've got a ton of ostensible talent in that wide receiver room, but none of them has stepped up to be like a number one type guy. And, and even week in and week out, it's like, okay, well, maybe it's this guy. Maybe it's this other guy. You never know. Now, Rashi Rice, we were all hoping for something from today. He did score a touchdown today, which was nice to see, but I mean, yeah, none of those guys, whether it's the rookie rookies, whether it's, it's the guys that who have been around the league forever, like MVS, nobody wants to step up and take that ball, that, job by the horns and run with it and i i just i really it's frustrating but at the same time again it's a testament to patrick mahomes that he just keeps putting up numbers and keeps spreading the ball around because he's just that good he's like okay well i don't need a tyree kill necessarily i'll just throw it to literally everybody three times a game and no we'll but be, it would be nice be if he had one because be we're, awesome. we're not getting we're not getting like the upper echelon number patrick Mahomes right no. now purposes because we don't have that extra weapon right now and it is it is a little annoying that you need travis kelsey in order to make sure mahomes still has a decent floor because the other weapons around him are just not that good i mean come on Andy reed like i know you did this whole like no receiver thing in the philadelphia eagles back in the day you've seen how much better it is when you had a to you've seen how much better it is when you have a tyree oh, it's, yeah it's frustrating as all hell to watch yeah. but yeah it would be really nice to see somebody step up and be worthy of nine to twelve targets a yeah. game as opposed to the three to five, everybody gets right now. Literally everybody gets right now. If they step on the field at the wide receiver position. No, agreed. And if you're out there in your fantasy football and you're trying to place that bet on, oh, okay, well, who do you think that has still has the best chance of being? I still think as of now, it's Rashi Rice has the best chance of being that guy because he does have the versatility of playing inside and out. And Sky Moore has has had his opportunities, hasn't been able to take advantage. Kadarius Tony's a breath away from breaking a bone somewhere. <laughs> and we know what Marquez Valdez scaling is. So uh, I, I do think Rashi Rice has the best chance at some point this season being that guy, but there also is probably an equal, if not better chance of there nobody being that guy. But if you want to take a bet, my bet's still on Rashi Rice right now. That has it, not changed. It's so weird that it's such a high powered offense. And yet there is not necessarily a, a, dead set running back and a dead set wide receiver that you really, really need off of this team. It, it's yeah. only Kelsey and Mahomes that you're, that you're dead for sure. Locked into your lineup every single week. Pacheco is a nice piece to have. Uh, I'd rather have him honestly as my running back three. I'd be, I'd, I would feel set if I had him as a running back three on my team, but uh, McKinnon hasn't been, is not consistent in any way, shape or form. He's a much better, probably uh, you know, a much better best ball player. And we just got done talking about that wide receiver room. That's about 18 miles, you know, wide, but just has just nobody can take any, any kind of initiative. It seems like. 
No, yeah, can't can't argue that one hundred percent. That's gonna do it for today's show. I hope you guys all come back Wednesday at nine thirty. See me, Chase, Chris Dowhower, Adam Larue. We'll have our full preview show, all of our fantasy football analysis and player props, game line, all of your betting analysis. We try to win championships and cash tickets. That's the whole point of that show. And make sure you come with your fantasy football questions. We love to get engagement with you guys constantly, and it's been that's been great the past couple of weeks. How much engagement uh, we've been able to get so make sure you follow us on social media at billy of mdff show on x mdff show everywhere else subscribe to our youtube channel and hit the bell notifications so that we get notified whenever we do go live and also you can all stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app big shout out to chase thornton always doing the show with me every sunday night and of course i'm your host dan mater we will see you guys wednesday night 